0: i seen the sky so blue, the birds are singing, I got nothing to do, hey, 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 mm, it, it's a sunny day, my pocket's empty, my cupboard's bare, But call me illogical, I just don't care, hey, hey,
1: hey, it's just a sunny day, hey, hey, it's, a sunny it's day. just a sunny day. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Medes on KSL News Radio.
2: Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. We are taking your calls following our top of the hour segment here at 801 575 8255. You can also text us your questions at five seven five zero zero. But, Ton, over the last couple of weeks, you just get call after call and text after text uh, about grasshoppers. So you brought in an expert this morning. We have with us Lyndon Greenhalch. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Ton. tell us a little bit about Lyndon.
1: Lyndon's our extension agriculture and horticulture agent in Twilla County, the vast wilderness that it is. Twilla City isn't, but... God, um, I'm already smirking over there. Yeah, but Lyndon (laughs) has a very strong background in rangeland issues, including rangeland weeds, but also grasshoppers and maybe even Mormon crickets. And we've been getting so many calls on, you know, we've got this grasshopper apocalypse going on and they're going to drag my dog off if I'm not careful. And so (laughs) I thought we'd call the expert in and see what we could figure out on why we have so many grasshoppers and what we might be able to do about them.
0: Okay,
2: Lyndon, start out. Do we have a grasshopper apocalypse going on though?
0: Uh no, I it depends on where you are and there's there's a few in in Towilla County right now around on the north side of town and on the southeast side of town. So on the we have a lot of rural urban interface in Towilla County and so those people some of those people are getting bombarded right now and I was out yesterday looking and uh, I took some grasshopper bait to uh to some people yesterday. So in some places there's some bad spots and I've only had four total calls in the last three weeks about grasshoppers, but it's really starting to heat up. So
1: So the grasshoppers, do you know if there are any environmental or climate when I'm not saying like global climate change or anything, but over the last year we've had so much water, does the amount of moisture we get reflect on the number of grasshoppers we have the next summer?
0: Well, that, yeah, that's the big question. Everybody wants to know the answer to that. And a lot of people say that if we have a, a hard winter, a lot of snow, cold temperatures, we won't have grasshoppers. But that this last winter just shot that theory out of the saddle. So, And I, uh, a few years ago, I analyzed 15 years of grasshopper data in Twil- well, Twila, Box Elder, Juab, and Millard counties. And then I mashed it up with weather data. And we couldn't see anything conclusive. We did see a trend for uh the weather precipitation and temperature in the fall late summer and fall when the grasshoppers are laying their eggs we saw a slight trend but we didn't see anything conclusive so and there's it also looks like there might be a two year lag on the on some of those climatic conditions but there are so many there are so many factors environmental factors associated with it that nobody's been able to say, see, I want to be able to like the weatherman and say, yeah, the grasshoppers are coming. But, you know, the weatherman can only predict very accurately just to, you know, seven, 10 days out. And nobody predicted this last winter that we've had. So I don't feel so bad. Well, I... You want to pinpoint it, don't you? (laughs) Yes. just want
2: to be able to tell you exactly why it's happening so we can prevent it.
1: That's right, yeah. So one thing I've been running into helping... Trying to help people is that grasshopper control for an individual, say on a quarter acre or a fifth acre lot or even smaller is a lot more difficult because when you're talking grasshopper suppression, you're never really going to control all of them. But at least suppression is got to be on a lot wider scale than just one yard.
0: That's right. I had a rancher last week call me and said, I just put in a new seeding and I uh, was out there and the, the sprouts are coming up. And then the next day he went back and he said they were completely gone. He said, I got grasshoppers all over. I said, what can I do? I said, well, you got hundreds of acres all around you. And I said, unless you, you know, spray all that country, you're they're just going to come back in. I said, I wouldn't put in a new seeding until you've done something. And so we got him in touch with the Utah Department of Ag and Food to get him some help. but. Yeah, it's a really tough problem. I have an a, an acre and uh, they're coming in on me. I live next to a wildlife management area and and they're coming in and I got a wonderful strawberry patch this year and they're they're bombarding that and so I'm you know, I'm looking at all these different kind of products I can spray, but I don't really want to I don't want to spray stuff on my on my strawberries and um <clears throat> So yeah, it's a tough question, but there are a lot of there are a lot of products out there you can use if you're willing to use them.
2: Okay, so what is your best advice for homeowners who don't live on the range? I mean, you know, have a more regular yard. What what are you telling them? What's your best advice?
0: Well, I can tell them what'll kill grasshoppers: just malathion and, and uh, seven or carbaryl is the active ingredient in seven, are still available in the stores, and you can use that, and that'll knock them dead just as fast as it gets on them but it'll also kill the bees that fast as well. So you 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 know it's a toss up. What are you going to do? You're going to kill everything or so that's that's really difficult and there's some other more organic options and I think Tan's more familiar with some of those. Well, and going for
1: let's say reduced risk, you know, something like spinosad, which is a common kind of organic fruit tree spray. It will kill grasshoppers, but it takes two days to take effect. And, you know, if you have vegetables or fruit that are in bloom, it still can damage those pollinating insects. You know, it is reduced risk as far as beneficials as compared to malathion and seven, but it's still there. And so in a vegetable garden, you know, we've over the last couple of years, I've been recommending more and more. People use low tunnels to help protect the crops in the spring and fall, but then they can put shade cloth over in the summer. And if you do a good job with your shade cloth, sealing up your vegetables, that will exclude the grasshoppers. It's a lot of work. It can cost some money, but, you know, a container of seven or malafion is up to 15 or 20 bucks. And at that point on, you know, for 40 bucks, you can get a lot of shade cloth, you know, so you build PVC or wooden frames or something. And so that's
0: longer term. That's where I've been recommending people go. So if you had my strawberry patch, you'd, you'd get some shade cloth. If you didn't want to use a chemical.
1: Yes. I'd shade cloth it and I would, it would probably, if they're ever bears, increase the number you would be getting and it would exclude those grasshoppers and you'd want to go out there and harvest when the grasshoppers aren't active as much to try to keep them out. You know, and it may be that if they're already in there, you in a, if those strawberries are not in bloom and not bearing, you might be a lot safer to use something like Malathion or seven on the strawberries to kill the grasshoppers and then cover them so that you only have to do one spray. I see. Yeah, that's good.
0: Uh, how, 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 um, Bad is malathion or or seven for a, just a person to enjoy. You know, if, you, if it got on your your strawberries. W-
1: well, you have to wait the seven to 10 days, you know, and you're going to lose a lot of strawberries on, on the seven if they can find it and it's still registered for strawberries. You know, they may have to turn to like high yields pet garden and farm spray, which is 10% permethrin or spinosad or something. And use something less potent. But I will say Carbaryl, if you're careful, and Malathion with only one spray, you're not doing a ton of damage to beneficials. It's when you repeatedly use it that you really start to flare unintentionally. But things like spider mites and aphids and things because you've knocked out all the beneficials.
2: Okay, let me play devil's advocate for just a minute. First of all, what do the grasshoppers, do they eat everything?
0: They will. Yeah, I I several years ago I had this most wonderful raspberry patch and they they took off every they completely 100% defoliated that raspberry patch and it never was the same and then the the, the two years after that I completely took it out. They just they really they wiped that raspberry patch out and I'm still not up I'm still unhappy about right. that. Right, and
2: but will they do the same thing in
1: flower beds?
0: Well, they they, they have preferential; they like plants, some plants better than others.
2: Because you
1: can't do this for your whole yard, so I'm just trying
2: to kind of narrow once down. Once those what we plants
1: can are stripped down, they will go after almost everything. Oh wow!
0: Yeah, I guess my advice would be to get them while they're young, little nymphs. They go through six or seven instars; it's called the uh, developmental stages where they molt. And if you can get them before they develop the wings and start flying and get really mobile, then then you're a lot better off than if you wait until they're flying.
2: Yeah, like in my area, I've said I've seen just a couple. Do I need to worry? No.
1: You do not need to worry if you've just seen a few. You know, when you walk out in your garden and you have one hop up here and one hop there, I wouldn't do anything if you're not seeing a lot of plant damage. I We have had a lot of... Images sent in from people that the grasshoppers have taken these leaves down, and all this left over are the major veins in the leaves, and they've just been completely skeletonized. And so, in a yard, there are some things you can do. You know, if there's not huge amounts, but they are becoming problematic, you can try spraying the plants where they're feeding the most. And not everything. And so say you have a lilac, they love lilacs. And so spray the lilac and that might kill enough of them so that you don't have to spray your vegetable garden or use exclusion to keep them out.
2: All right. We need to take a break. Lyndon's going to stay with us, though, so you can call and ask your questions of him, or you can text us questions about grasshoppers. When we come back, Susan's been waiting very patiently. We'll take her call next. Number to call, 801-575-8255. You can text us at five seven five zero zero. 0 Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Anton with you this morning. We're also joined by Lyndon, and we've been talking about grasshoppers, but we've had Susan waiting on the line for quite some time now. Good morning, Susan. What was your question? Good morning. I have a comment for the man in Taylorsville whose bean seeds didn't sprout. Okay. Um, I, I had that happen to me for a few years, and then I realized my husband had sprayed right before with either Roundup or 2,4-D or both, and that's why they didn't sprout. Yeah, that would do it. And so I planted the bean seeds like three inches out from where I had before, and they sprouted just fine.
1: Yeah, if the spray that was used had dicamba in it and it was cooler, dicamba can stay in the soil for weeks, and that would impact germination of vegetable seeds.
2: Right. that could be an I- an idea for the man in Taylor. So, perfect, Susan. Thank you so much for your call this morning. Uh, we'll stay with our phone lines for a minute. We have Diane who is waiting in American Fork. Uh, good morning, <laughs> Diane. What was your question? Hi, good morning. I have um, several beautiful hibiscus plants. The leaves have turned yellow, and there's little white dots on the plants. And I'm wondering what What can I do to save
1: those plants? Well, are they perennial hibiscus or tropical? What kind are they?
2: I don't know that.
1: Do they come back every year or did you buy them in containers? Uh, I just bought them this year. Okay. And what colors are the flowers? Red. Red. Okay. Uh, I suspect that they might be the tropical hibiscus that you would see in Hawaii or you know, San Diego, Southern Florida. Um, mm-hmm. And those can be a little difficult longer term. Uh, how often have you been watering them? Every day. Every day. And how big are do the they pots get, they're in?
2: Um, about 10 inches across.
1: Okay, and about that deep also?
2: Yeah.
1: I With a cool... Do I need to... Go ahead.
2: Do I, do I need to... Um, Replant, and if so,
1: what kind of soil? Well, check your soil in those pots, and hopefully they're established enough that you can pull them out. But if there's water pooling in the bottom of the pots, that's probably rotting the roots. You know, when you water them, do you see water flow out from the bottom of the pot? Yes, I do. Okay, so they have some drainage in there. I would still check the soil because it, it may be a little too much water causing this. But it also could be too little. But with a cooler weather, even on my west facing porch, up until the last week, I was watering a huge petunia basket about every three days, just because it just didn't need that much. And so that definitely would be something to look at. Is just the amount of water, and if the soil is moist. Excuse me, the hiccups. If the soil is moist at the uh, base of the pot, then. You will want to maybe back off or with the warmer weather, you may need to continue every day, but I would start with the soil. The other thing you can do is with you being in Utah County, you can email pictures to gardenhelp at usu.edu. So garden help is just one word. So Help at usu.edu. And email those pictures over and we'll take a look at them. We're backed up about seven days, but we will get to it.
2: Okay. Thank you very much. All right, Diane, thanks for your call this morning. Uh, Ton and Lyndon, one of our listeners is responding to your solution for grasshoppers in vegetable gardens. And they say, if you put low tunnels or shade cloth over your vegetables, how will the pollinators get in so you actually get the veggies?
1: That's going to be a challenge. and. It may be that you have to lift those up, but then you let the grasshoppers in. There isn't a perfect solution. You know, one thing you can do if there are no flowers on your vegetables, you know, let's say your squash hasn't started blooming, which they probably have. It's a little safer to use an insecticide on them because they're not blooming and not producing any vegetables at this point, like the squash or tomatoes or whatever. But, you know, a lot of our vegetables are self pollinating. So the tomatoes and peppers and eggplants are self pollinating so they can remain covered. But when you start talking about squash and corn that's going to get too big, it's only a partial solution.
2: All right, we better take a break. Number to call with your questions 801 575 8255. You can text us at 57500.